cities that define the culture. New York, LA, Paris, Italy, Accra, and of course, my personal favorite, Lagos. Hate it or love it, Lagos is the place to be. When you think about the food, the people, the nightlife, that is sure to leave you with some of the craziest stories you'll ever have. It's easy to see why people say there's just no place like Lagos. In this city built for hustlers, restaurants have actually become an interesting part of what slows Lagos down. Yes, Lagos restaurants have become so much more than places to eat. We have Taco Tuesdays at La Taverna, garden parties at Nook by Alara, and even packed Friday nights consistently at South Social. There are not a lot of things to do in Lagos as well. So with good food, good drinks, and good people, restaurants have slowly become the best excuse to leave your house in search of a good time in Lagos. Now, you can't talk about the restaurant business in Nigeria without also talking about the foreign population. Yeah. Because they literally run the shits. Nigerians are out here eating shawarma, pasta, curry, ice cream, all these things. And when you really sit down and think about it, the Lagos diet is so heavily influenced by people who've moved here from different countries and have been living here for generations. And that's what we're digging into today. Migration, Afrofusion, and Lagos restaurants. Let's go. I'm Ada. I'm Ore. Welcome, Welcome to, to the Uncooked Women podcast. Think of this show as your virtual dinner table, where you and our co-hosts break bread and connect this big juicy world around us to our plates. It's about the food, but it's also about the conversation. Let's dig in. On this episode, we're talking to the people who have left their homes for Nigeria and brought their food with them. We're trying some delicious hummus and fatouche from a Syrian restaurant and social club in Ikoi. We're also trying the Lekhi Peninsula, a Nigerian-inspired sushi roll being made in Lekhi Phase 1 by sushi chefs from the Philippines. It's very meta. Wild. Of course, we have to bring this all home. So we're sitting down with one of I and Ora's favorite Nigerian chefs to talk about how homegrown names are taking these foreign influences to create Afrofusion cuisine, the next wave of Lagos restaurants. Let's go. One quick it's a restaurant and social club on 41 Ribado Road in Ikoi. They serve a mix of Syrian and Lebanese cuisine, and they threw a couple of Nigerian favorites in there. We ate so much, and I think out of everything, Ada, my favorite thing, hands down, has to have been the fatouche. 
which means bread salad by the way and you might want to pull out your nose for this it's made from fried pita bread lettuce cucumbers tomatoes parsley and then it's finished with an olive oil and sumac vinaigrette and let me tell you that i want all of my salads to be dressed like this exactly like i want this dressing in all of my salads can i say first of all that sounds delicious you know how i feel about tomatoes salt and pepper See. also when did we get old enough to start appreciating the beauty of salads the thing is the thing is the person that started eating salads i i i know what they were going through and i know you need another what they were trying to they knew what they wanted and yeah they don't work the same when you shout out them shout out because i said you know what no more laxatives straight to the garden raw lettuce in my mouth i want shit today today well shout out him shout out him but mine was the cap bear and for our listeners, I want you guys to imagine a samosa, meat pie, and scotch egg all had like an orgy and then had a love child. That's the caber. And we had it with this white sauce. It's called tahina. That's what Tamara said. And it was made of sesame seeds. And that shit was delicious. Anyway, in between eating the food that we didn't cook, we have to talk to Tamara because in the Lagos food scene, the Syrian club is an institution. It's been here since the 80s as a low-key spot that's right beside the Syrian mosque. They start here, then they build the mosque. I heard my first saying in the beginning of the 80s. Another guy saying late 70s. So it's like in this time period. <laughs> How do, you, how do you think um, people know about this place? What's your history? History. Hey, you know, you see, you don't even have signboard outside. People yeah. just know it. Yeah. It's been here for a long time. One Indian com- guy come to me. He said, my parents. He's an old guy. I think he's 38 or 40 years old. He said his own parents do their wedding here. We have a wedding hall. And he's now... Uh, his child is born in Nigeria. When we talk about Nigeria being diverse, multi-ethnic, multicultural, we most of us at least flash back to primary school where we're reciting maybe the states and capital and we're learning that Nigeria has over 200 and something ethnic groups and over 300 languages. And Of course, it occurs to us that there is a lot of variety. But what became really clear when we're on the road for this episode... And that's the level of dedication we're bringing. (laughs) Like, we're we're, like journalist shit. Mm. Niggas are eating fat tush. Mm. Eating that fat tush. Okay, other pause, please. (laughs) That fat tush. Okay, but like, I mean, it's a hard job, but someone has to do it. Someone. But yeah, it's but uh, back to what I was saying. It's the fact that a big part of our diversity as Nigerians actually comes from our foreign population. Mm. RSVP, Tai Tai, Cactus, La Taverna, all owned, run, or operated in some way by people from all over the world. Yeah, I'm telling you that I've had Korean bubble tea 
Korean corn dogs, sushi, sashimi, even this um, pastry called babka. It's, oh, it's a Jewish pastry. Exact, all inside the same Lagos. The reality is that migrant kitchens have fundamentally changed the Lagos diet. And this thing is not limited to high-end restaurants. Think about quick service spots, um, fast food places that will serve spaghetti, meat pies, scotch egg. One of those things is Italian. The other is Latin American. One is Scottish. And Nigerians are here eating all on a regular basis. Yeah, in Victoria Island, which we all know is the Lagos restaurant Mecca, you will come across a Chinese restaurant in one corner, a Japanese one in another, an Indian one in another. And it just goes on. But honestly, if we're talking about the external influence on how Nigerians eat as a whole, then to me, in my opinion, nowhere has been as impactful as the Middle East. The way we dish it for the customers. Because at the end of the day, it's still meat and chicken, uh, pizza, all that. So it's, you can find it anywhere, but the way you like the crop, Syrian crop, barbecue is the best. Syrian crop chicken, Syrian crop shawarma is, is the best. Like when the shawarma we do, so if the, if the customer is Nigerian, I'm telling the chef, shawarma Nigerian style is Lebanese or Indian or uh, Lebanese style. Yeah. You understand? It depends on who's buying, we dish the food. You know, most Nigerian like spicy food, yeah. not the most hot. Very rare to find someone who doesn't eat pepe in Nigeria. Yeah. And very creamy shawarma. Very creamy. Very I creamy. Like it. Nigeria has been experiencing Middle Eastern migration, especially into northern parts of the country for centuries now. We can trace the more modern migration though to the late 1800s. And hmm, Nigeria wasn't really meant to be the final destination. Obviously. I mean, <laughs> pretends to be shocked. One of the first Lebanese people to migrate here was a man called Elias Curry. And he came here in 1890. And just like with other migrant stories, Elias was leaving Lebanon because of the country's economic and political insecurity. For Lebanese migrants like Elias, the collapse of the Ottoman Empire, aka the Turkish Empire, was one of those triggers to move in search of greener pastures and trade opportunities. But just like him, many Middle Easterners started migrating west to the US and Brazil, and on the way, some would make a stop in Nigeria. And while many would continue to the final destination, others stayed in Nigeria, sometimes for reasons like not having enough money to continue and Perhaps they've already built lives here. But today, there are entire communities of people from Turkey, Jordan, Egypt, Lebanon, and of course, Syria. So, shout out to Elias for bringing the Middle Easterners. Mm, shout out, Mr. Curry. The Exodus. Mm. 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 Yeah, I'm throwing big words she, in now. <laughs> she's biblical. <laughs> <laughs> she goes to church. <laughs> Lagos is stressful as fuck. Okay. Like, let's talk about it. Are you telling me? Like, from three-hour, four-hour traffic to, I don't know, just under-management and the entire the vibe. The smell. <laughs> but, and that's the thing, like, they'll now be saying, oh, Lagos babies are always eating pasta. Lagos. But do you know that if I don't eat that pasta today, I'll actually mud. Do you know my life in this city? <laughs> do you know? It's very stressful. We need an escape. And we do. Restaurants are one of those things that make enduring Lagos 
worth it in some way. It makes it a lot. Be- it it makes it makes dealing with it slightly better. If you get what I'm trying to say, when people from all over come here and then bring a slice of home with them, it kind of creates like this Disney movie vibe. Mm, yeah, but without the Ras propaganda. Oh God, because you know it's mad. It's mad because Ratatouille would have. There's made... really no difference between a rat cooking food. Like I, I see it happening in Lagos. Of definitely, course, like Ratatouille could have happened. In, it should have happened, and in no it. one would have. Nobody. Would, it sounds like a normal. Do you story. understand? <laughs> we could have done. We could have run one in Nigeria with a cockroach. Ew. No. Okay. And, enough. Oh, okay. Only white people are allowed to do. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Please, let's let's sorry. Please let's just leave it to the white. Anyway, the food at Syrian Club was amazing, and Ori got some to go because she's a fucking blue. Oh yes, facts. I I stand by it. I'm not even ashamed. Not even. Not no, even a little. No, not even. Okay. No, I'm sticking by. I'm sticking that's, by my. That's action. my man. And <laughs> that's, I'm that's, that's my man. And I'm, I'm sticking beside him. Food in general is amazing because it brings all kinds of people together. And today, the Lagos food scene is even more diverse, and it's a direct reflection of all the communities that have come into the country since Elias in 1890. We have Indian communities, Chinese communities, Italian, Korean, every nationality you can think of coexisting here. Happily? Mm. Hmm. I don't know. Mm. Sha, they're here. And I think that Tamer gave the perfect example. Everybody comes here. There is no specific nationality. There is no majority. I have a doctor, uh, that a customer, he's a doctor. He's from Nyema. I ask him, do you know anyone else from Nyema? He said, no, I think I'm the only family from here. There is, they don't even have an embassy because it's only him. I was shocked. You know, I, I think in Nigeria is one of the cities it has every other nationality. Lagos. You can see everybody from everywhere. Every part of the world, there is someone here. Egyptians comes. Uh, Morocco, Algeria. Uh, European. I have a friends from, uh, like regular customer, French, Americans. Different part of Europe. All people come here. It's not like because it's the Syrian club only for Syrian. And we don't, you don't need a membership to enter. It's an open place for families and like uh, mature people. Even though it feels like it, restaurants haven't been around forever. They're quite a recent invention, and just like the Syrian club that got started in the 80s, restaurants in Nigeria started popping up around the same time period as well. If we want to go all the way back, though, they are mad French. Like, really, really ha-ha-ha, Macron French. I mean, yes, they started out as taverns in Paris. Okay, so you know how the French people literally protest for any and everything. Okay. Please press the baguettes. They're protesting. <laughs> like, they are down to protest anything. And their protests are not even, oh, raising placards. They are yeah, setting fire things. to things. Burning. They are burning um, establishments. And this was pretty much what was happening in the 1700s during the French Revolution. The one that Marie Antoinette told her people let them eat cake when they came to tell her, guy, your people actually yes. starving. I mean, this is, listen, the direct translation is let them eat brioche, which if you know bri- brioche is expensive bread. And it's like, it's even more tone deaf. <laughs> but yes, that one, that, that revolution. And the poor French people said enough with the monarchy. They had had it up to here and they wanted to see the entire French aristocracy 
crumble down. And at this point, the cooks and stewards stopped serving the rich people and they had to find new jobs because there, were no, there was no more lavish lifestyle. And these cooks went out and made spaces for people to cosplay wealth, mm. for lack of a better word. So before it was eat the rich, mm. it was... Eat like the rich. Mm. Mm. Exactly. Marx would be so pissed. <laughs> so pissed. Anyway, they called these new places restaurants, which comes from the French word restaurer, or if you're from Nigeria, then palliatives. And that idea spread to Italy, Spain, and the rest of Europe. And now they've trickled down and out to virtually all parts of the world. In Nigeria, we probably got our first restaurants in one of two ways, either through the social clubs set up by British colonialists because they'd be colonizing in the 1900s, like Ikoe Club, mm-hmm. which was opened in 1930. A lot of people don't know that. Ikoe Club used to be like white so sure, was a yeah. It was a space for white people for to white, socialize white outside of, without Nigerians being in their space. Yeah, so a little architecture history for you guys mm. there. We do it all. Well, you know what? I realized that you said... Palliatives, like it was, and it's like it's a Nigerian word. It's, like one, it's now are... at this point where it's like one of those words that just sound Nigerian. Absolutely, like <laughs> Agatha, Lovet, <laughs> Festus. Yeah, Anita. Anita, Anita, Anita does Anita, sound like Anita's a Nigerian. Anita is a Nigerian name. You know? it, it's, yeah, it's it is. <laughs> Tamara as well. That's Sem- another Nigerian name. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So shout out us. <laughs> blending cultures mm-hmm. that's what this and whole episode is about you guys simple good. simple but yeah um, we got our restaurants through social clubs or we probably got them through hotels again started by colonialists since then the industry has grown and restaurants are now a big part of what define entire cities as cosmopolitan metropolitan modern it's like half of Instagram's content if we're keeping a book where Lagos is with food right now is really exciting. I mean, I don't think 10 years ago you could have imagined a sushi bar just casually chilling in Lekki. But now there is Andy Itamae, or sushi chef for commoners like Ada, is Filipino. So, is it Tammy? Do you want to insult me? Insult me correctly? <laughs> no, no. Cut. <laughs> engineer, cut that, cut that shit. Cut, cut Keep it, it in. Cut it. Keep it in. I want you to, like, off the record now, cut that shit <laughs> off out now. Off your mic, off your mic, off your mic. Dead ass, cut that shit, dead Jeez, ass. How did you feel? How did you feel? <laughs> right. Well, yeah, the Ita, Itamae. Hmm. Is that it? It's been said, Elamae Itamae. Is that it? Shout out, Chef Ongo Sushi He's <laughs> the Filipino chef that's making Japanese sushi in Lagos, Nigeria. They have a role there called the Lekki Peninsula, which we tried. And it's a really nice touch. It is basically a Philadelphia role, but you know what? It's the thought that counts. Yeah, I appreciate the effort, really. You can't go wrong with a nice Philadelphia spread Mm, in sushi. You can't, you can't. The Philippines, by the way, has like, I think, a really small population. And Mm. people still manage to come to Nigeria. So I don't know what it is about this place. like a black hole. Yes, because everyone is complaining about the place. But yet, everyone is coming. A lot of people are still coming. And I think that's so interesting. Oh, wow. Wow. So it's like Lagos. So, like, wow, you heard it here first. If you're not geographically savvy like Ada, Hmm. the Philippines actually... It's really populated, but it's small geographic-wise. 
The Filipino community has been in Nigeria since like the 70s. A lot of skilled workers started coming here when we had oil money and they worked across that industry. And I think it's just a very interesting example of what Tamara said that you will literally find every any, nationality yeah, in Nigeria. Yeah, you can literally find any nationality here, yeah. anybody and everybody. And I really want to try Filipino food now that we're on the topic. Same. I'm sure it's um, something will pop up in the next oh, couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I'm thinking that, I'm just thinking that if I was an expat, if I was, you know, a migrant to Lagos or to Nigeria, I would really feel at home in Lagos, in a Lagos restaurant, I mean, because you kind of realize that the Lagos menu has yeah. that it has that it has that vibe. It's a blend of um a lot of cultures. It's a blend of different cultures that have just settled in Nigeria. You're right. You're really right. And it's easy to take it for granted. Yeah. I know a lot of us are like, oh, the menu is so generic. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's really a reflection of yeah. what's going on. You're going to see Italian pasta on that menu. You're going to see something East Asian inspired, like wings or um, dumplings or spring rolls, then you're going to have French pastries, maybe. And then yeah, American, American rishi rishi milkshake. So grape. it's just like a G7 summit, in my opinion. Yeah. Or that street with all those embassies. On. And all the flags. Facts, <laughs> facts. And the point is that it's not a coincidence. Yeah. It's a reflection, a direct reflection mm-hmm. of what is actually happening in the country. And it's really cool that a handful of restaurants and menus may actually give you a better picture of Nigeria's geopolitical situation mm. than the Statistics Bureau or something. So, yeah. shout out food. So, you know, you see why we use food to discuss and navigate, like, other issues. It is just... It is so prescient for, mm. like, I don't know. It oh, is... She learned a new word. Please. But, <laughs> like, I'm not even going to start with you. <laughs> but it is... It's such an important... It's such an important... It's such a grounding yes concept food everyone is eating yeah but yeah also adara is basically calling telling everyone that you shouldn't check data or look at the statistics because math is for losers the economy is also fake (laughs) and it was made by men Mm. to keep us too busy paying Mm. bills yeah Mm. Mm. Okay, well, yeah. Mm. Okay. Think, think about it. Yeah. Think okay. about it. Reason okay. now. Uh, no, yeah. Mm. You don't Fine. reason. Fine, yeah, I don't reason now. But yeah, we've seen what food in this city can tell us about its past and its present. But most importantly, I think, is food's future in Nigeria. And the future of eating in Lagos is definitely Afrofusion. Afrofusion cuisine is a style that's been emerging in the last couple of years. It's a combination of elevated West African food, which is just, you know, packaging, Mm -hmm. doing it all fine dining (laughs) style. But I think more exciting is it's ushering in this wave of people using local ingredients Mm -hmm. in very new and exciting ways. So you can have a yam croquette or asum fried rice yeah, or pasta. yaji pasta you know very cool things like that and it's happening both here and in the diaspora there are places like Ikoi in London Teranga in New York and we have Ileros here and that test kitchen um, that Adana had to book to try out yeah, for yeah. It's on, you know what it's on kitchen 
I just have to move some money from my <laughs> savings to my check. Oh no, you don't. You don't. You don't have to explain all of that. It's fine. You, yeah. I think they get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, just, yeah. It's not even like you it's are even, poor or broke. You, you just have you to get move money. Just condition. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I also just realized that we've been talking about restaurants and we've been really nice compared to obviously the average Lagos restaurant blogs and review places because let's be honest restaurants do be getting dragged and they deserve it oh yeah for sure they do they d- deserve, <laughs> they deserve it, but... it like let's not romanticize things there mm-hmm. are many places that are all aesthetic yes no food which is a travesty but yeah. it's not only happening in Lagos yeah to be very honest and what's your favorite um, restaurant in Lagos I think it's the same as yours yeah. and it's been the same since like 2017 yeah HSA Gourmet in like wow, I Obviously, I had just had flash, but I think of HSA, I just have flashbacks of the critically acclaimed mac and cheese. Mm. And till now, I think it's the only place that does mac and cheese for me. Mm, with the bacon, mm. the bacon bits. So mm. Sometimes I'm greedy. Really, I ask for prawn um, and jalapeno. <sighs> and, you know what? Let's not even get. Let's not even like. Mm. Yeah, let's not get carried away. Let's not. Let's not. HSC Gourmet is part of a new crop of restaurants that have been emerging in the last five or so years. These are spaces by young Nigerian chefs who are experimenting with all types of flavors and food. And while the restaurant scene has been mostly foreign since the 80s, we've seen a lot more Nigerian chefs holding it down these days. And now the Afrofusion scene is almost having a renaissance. Honestly, and I don't even say that to be dramatic. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's dramatic because Renaissance is fair. It's really a new era for West African chefs, both home and abroad. And I'm really, really, really excited because or as you know, I got to speak with Chef Nkesi Enyoha mm-hmm. of HSE Gourmet. Yeah. My fellow deep voiced oh, queen. Such and again. <laughs> we are a very marginalized community. Please, uh... Um nobody would know our plight but for Beyonce. So <laughs> shout out Beyonce. We have to talk to Chef Nkesi because in addition to being the executive chef of HSC Gourmet, she has now officially added Afrofusionist to her resume. I met up with her at her new space in Ekate called Onguru to talk about the exciting fusions that she's serving. Things like Asun fried rice, Onunu fries and shiny nose fish, lamb shoulder with mashed yam porridge, just delicious scintillating things and just also about what she hopes to see for the future of the Lagos restaurant scene. So guys, I am here with Chef Nkesi Enyoha of HSC Gourmet, Sabor, mm-hmm. and the most recent addition to all of this, Ohuru. Actually, Ohuru, mm. which means new in Igbo. <laughs> So my name is Inkesi Enyoha. I'm the founder and CEO of HSE Group. Um, we have HSE Gourmet located at um, Lekki Phase 1. We've just recently opened Ohuru, Ohuru by HSE <laughs> in Bodrum Apartments. Um, yeah, so we opened our doors officially for Ohuru on the 7th of August. Yeah, and we're excited. We're doing so much more. We can't wait for the world to see what we have to offer. Chef Nkesi is a person who plays around with so many flavors and tastes from around the world. So I had to talk to her about her decision to start bringing things home with her new space in Ekati. 
Okay, so for me, I mean, I don't know if you know my background. Um, obviously, I'm Nigerian. I grew up in Portacourt. But because um, when I started HSC, which is my flagship restaurant, I wanted to bring home all that I've learned on my journey coming through different countries, right? Um, I've always been, I've always had passion for comfort food, but, and it was interesting seeing what people call, call comfort in other places. So that's what it is. But you know, everything comes full circle. And for me, coming full circle is coming back home. I can't ignore it, it's in my DNA. You know, even if as foreign as HSC, HSC's food seems, there's a lot of um, Nigerian influence, technique, ingredients. But I decided I wanted to do something without the confusion. Like you see the plate, you see the menu, you know it's Nigerian, pretty much. So speaking of technique and mixing and fusing all these ingredients, to the average eater, mm -hmm. what is fusion? Oh, and, and then what is Afro-fusion? What's, what, what's the Afro in the fusion? Okay, so I think generally fusion is no boundary, if you ask me. It's basically like snail. There's no snail in America, but I also like cheese. And we, I mean, we have wura, but we're not heavy on cheese here in Africa. So, but I want to eat cheese and snail. So I fused my meal. And you're not going to tell me that that's not fusion. So it's as basic as that. And then when we talk about Afrofusion, it's when you're heavy on Nigerian or African ingredients and um, African techniques as well. But you still throw in some things that are not, that the world doesn't consider typically African. So I'll say, so, say for example, I do um, a Tozo barbecue dish. So everybody thinks barbecue is, I mean, we do some sort of barbecue. Suya is some sort of barbecue, if you ask me. Yeah. But that's not what we, we're known for. So by the time I bring in my tozo, which we are known for, and then I do a technique with it, like, a, like an American style barbecue, that's fusion. That's basically Afro fusion. So I'm bringing in like African ingredients, African techniques, but I'm sprinkling some things that are not typical with, um, with the way Nigerians cook, even some techniques. So we do a lot of braising in Africa. We do a lot of um, open fire in Africa. I mean, what we don't traditionally confist of in Africa. We fry. I mean, I think we're even the, the original, the originators of frying, even if people argue about that. But, so if I decide to confuse my guinea fowl, but I'm using Uziza seeds, I'm using da, I'm using all that, but I'm confined, which is more European, more French. That's fusion, Afrofusion, in my opinion. I feel food is supposed to be enjoyed, point blank period. And you can't tell me what I can or can't do, as long as it works, as long as there's balance. You know, I stay, from, I stay away from the word authentic because it gets me into trouble. Because, I mean, I'm not going to take away the experiences of these women who have been doing it for 100 years the way they, they've been doing it. So I can't spring up and say, oh, this is authentic. Because what is authentic? authentic? Authentic is what they've been doing, right? So I stay away from that word, where it's authentic to me. Because it's coming straight from my heart. Pure passion on the table, that's it. Thank you.
So final question is obviously the um, food space in Nigeria is changing. What do you see this Afrofusion or what do you hope is going to bring into the Nigerian space? Okay, so for one, I want us to own it. So you see, with a lot of our things, first they tell us it's not great, then they take it away from us, then they modernize it, and they bring it back to sell it back to us. And that doesn't make sense to me. So I'm happy that restaurants in LA, in London, you know, are doing this Afrofusion thing, but I do not want us to lose out on it because it's our creation, to be honest. It's ours and we have to own it. So I want to make sure that back home here, Africa, Nigeria, here, I want to make sure that we push it forward as much as we can so they know that this is where it came from. So it's not one more thing that the white man took to refine because he or she didn't. It's ours, right? And um, for a long time, you know, we've seen a lot of, um, would I say, super casual, um, cuisines get elevated. You know, we started off with Indian dishes being for the, you know, super casual. We had Mexican, oh, strictly street food. But we saw them elevated. Now you have super chefs, top chefs, giving you their authentic Mexican dishes on a very high level. They are getting Michelin stars for it and all. So that's where I want us to go with our food, you know, because it, it can compete. In fact, I feel that Nigerian dishes particularly, flavor-wise, <laughs> it'd be very hard to compete with that. So I don't. this is one thing I don't want to see t- t- being taken away from us. I want us to own it. I want us to do what we need to do with it. I want us to continue to explore. This is Nigeria. Nigeria is huge, right? I don't even know the half of it. I want to go on a tour. I, t- I said that to you earlier. I want to go on a tour like to discover my own food because it's endless mm. and there's so much we can do to it. So for one, I don't want it to be taken away for sure. And I want us to own it and continue to propagate it. And the funny thing is, you can do it in any form. So you can do it fine dining. You can do it casual. You can do it street food. You can do it mama put buka. Any form. It's already existing, but not on the international stage. But it can survive internationally. What's the difference between the guy that goes on the street to buy a taco? and the taco truck is making rounds and everybody, in, foreigners are coming to LA. I'm like, oh my God, you need to go to that taco um, truck. There's no elevation there. It's plain, simple Mexican food, how they know it from back home. We can do that as well. And that's what I want to see. That's been our show, guys. We're taking you from Syria to Japan, to the Philippines, and then back to rowdy, noisy, lovely Lagos that is home. Home to you, home to I, home to so many people from all over the world that bring all these exciting flavors and tastes that make eating and ultimately living here so worth it. On the Uncooked Women podcast, that's what we aim to do. We want to show you that in your pantry, in your store, on your plate, in your plastic, in your jerry can, you can learn so much about the world around you. And that world is exciting, it's full, it's bright, it's tasty, it's yummy. So thank you for being a part of this journey with us. We've been away for a while, but we're back now. 
and we hope that we continue to feed your curiosity and teach you exciting stuff. My Angelou has this quote that I love from I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings. And it goes, through food, we learned that there are other people in the world. I will say something and then I will translate. I said, uh, I'm grateful for you guys for coming to my place and uh, hopefully we'll do it again. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next week. The Uncooked Women podcast is produced by ASO Originals and RCD Studios. Our sound engineer is Adesha Gumbelo, sound designer Joyce Olong, additional sound design by Joshua Hazi, and mixed and mastered by Adesha Gumbelo. Also, a special shout out to our co-producer and wannabe Uncooked Woman, Joshua. Make sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast everywhere you get your podcasts and also leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. To see more of what we get up to behind the scenes and for extra content, follow us on social media at Uncooked Women.